Hey there, this is your friend Raymond Rasmussen, a.k.a. The Band Dad, and this is a little show that I'm going to call The Band Dad Q&A Podcast. This is where I am going to answer your questions about how I think artists can more than survive, but thrive in the modern media ecosystem. Now, this is a podcast I've been wanting to do for a while, and for me, it actually serves a very practical purpose. Ever since I started putting my ideas about the music industry out there, I started getting loads and loads of questions dumping into my Facebook and Instagram inboxes. And in the beginning, it was manageable. But over the last few months, the volume of messages has surpassed my ability to respond to them. So I figured what I'd do is that since most of the questions I'm getting are repeats of past questions I've answered, I would do my best to answer them here so that maybe I could tackle the more basic questions before they ever hit my inbox. Okay, so the way it works is this. If you have a question that you want answered, I want you to go to my website. It's www.imthebanddad.com. Go to the bottom of that page. You'll see a contact form. Fill out that contact form with your name. I think I have the city you're from, your email address, and your question. Then I, within 48 hours, will probably respond to that question. It might, might take a little bit longer for me, but within, probably within 72 hours, I'll respond to the question. And then... If I thought the question was particularly good, it might end up here as an episode of this podcast. Now, my main goal with this podcast is not to hold you captive for 45 minutes to an hour. In fact, what I want to do is keep the episodes below 15 minutes so that you could hop in, get some juice, and then go off into the world and start creating things. So in that spirit, let's get around to the question, or I guess in this case, It's actually questions. And I I thought they were close enough that I could sort of treat it like, you know, part A and part B because they're both of these questions are very closely related. These questions come from Aaron from Seattle, Washington. Hi, Aaron. And they read like this. I am a 26 year old full time police officer married with two kids. I recently started trying to venture back into the local music after being away for a number of years but don't want to take away from my family to tour, play regular shows, etc. I know that people like Jared Dines have made a living utilizing YouTube. Are there other avenues other than YouTube to side hustle in that market space, music slash content creation? And are regular live performances a necessity in this day and age? Thanks for the questions, Aaron. The short answer to part A is yes, there are other avenues on which you can monetize your music and content creation. Having said that, you are going to have to think outside of the realm of the average musician. You know, you're going to have to consider things that most artists have not, are not, and will not because you're trying to build a career that is certainly not the norm historically for musicians. And what's great is that sometimes that doesn't necessarily mean jumping wholesale into some brand new niche platform. Sometimes it means just finding unique ways to bring value on the platforms on which you already exist. So for example, we could talk about something like Spotify. Spotify obviously is a super useful tool for musicians, but what many people don't realize is that Spotify is also a massive podcasting platform. And if you are willing, you can not only collect streaming revenue from your music, but you could also collect streaming revenue 
from a podcast as well, which in a world where people are consuming more and more hours of podcasts could be a very smart move for you. Now, when I bring up the idea of podcasting to artists, I usually get the same kind of objections. And usually those objections stem from the preconceived notions people have about what podcasts are. Usually when I say podcasting, people think like three-hour shows like the Joe Rogan Experience or the Tim Ferriss Show or you know, Chase Jarvis Live. And while those types of like interview-style podcasts, certainly they're popular, they're not the only kind of podcasts that exist. And actually, I want to point you in the direction of a podcast called I Only Listen to the Mountain Goats. And basically, that podcast is a conversation between Joseph Fink, the creator of a very popular podcast called Welcome to Night Vale, and the singer-songwriter John Darnell. And basically, season one, they sit down and just talk about the songs off of one of his more popular records called All Hail West Texas. And what they do is they just go song by song and talk. They talk about the creative process. They talk, you know, then they go off into philosophy and history. And there's a little bit of politics in there, but not really nothing too heavy. And basically, like, they just build this awesome contextualizing universe around that album, All Hail West Texas. That is something that pretty much every musician can do. Like just sit down with another one of your band members and then just go song by song, giving it context. And for the people who really like what you do, that type of context can be intoxicating. I mean, imagine if your favorite band ever had a podcast where they went song by song telling you, what went into the lyrics, what the recording process was like, maybe some stories about, you know, performing in support of that record or whatever. I mean, just think about it from a fan perspective, how interesting it could be to hear about the story behind your favorite songs. And like something that I say all the time is that the business that succeeds is the one that gets closest to the end consumer. And the easiest way to get close to your consumer is to put yourself in their shoes and think about what do our really high quality audience members want? And one thing they want is context. And a podcast is a really, really great way to give that to them. So I, I encourage you, Aaron and everybody who's listening to this, like sit down with a recorder. Like I am just using a recorder that I got for like used for 30 bucks to record this. Sit down with a recorder to talk about your art and then just release it on Spotify and direct your fans to it. The people who like podcasts will love it because there are so very few artists who are delivering interesting experiences via podcast. The next avenue for turning your music and content into a proper side hustle is Patreon. And I have a deep, deep love for Patreon for so many reasons, but I'm, I'm just going to highlight a few. First, it's simple. It makes your business simple. 
if you wanted to make the equivalent of minimum wage, at least the minimum wage in America with Spotify streams, you have to get over 380,000 streams per month. Now, conversely, with a tiered subscription platform like Patreon, you could generate the same results with only 280 fans paying $5 a month. Now, for me, the track to getting 280 $5 fans per month is a hell of a lot more clear than getting 380,000 monthly streams. The next thing I love about Patreon is that it helps you connect with your highest quality fans. Now, this is probably one of my favorite benefits of Patreon because not only does it serve your practical need to generate revenue and to gather data on who your high quality customers are, it also makes the experience of being an artist so much better because you're able to build relationships with people that really love what you're doing, certainly enough to support you with their hard-earned dollars without all the noise of the people who maybe don't like you that much. It's a very distilled, overwhelmingly positive experience. And, and I know this from experience, the act of serving those people in such a direct way is such an awesome source for like inspiration, connection, and, and it's hard not to feel grateful to be surrounded by people who like you, who love your output so much that they're willing to actually commit their money to it on a recurring basis. That for me has had a tremendous impact on not just my creativity, but my excitement and the fulfillment that I get from the things I do. The third avenue we're going to talk about is less of like a platform and less of a style of content as it is just an overall strategy. Now, that strategy is developing a strong personal brand across all platforms to ultimately support product and service sales, no matter what the domain. So like a lot of musicians think that all of their income has to come specifically from the band, which means like streaming revenue and merch sales and payout from live shows. But the artists that I'm seeing who are doing really well are ones that build up a personal brand, maybe with a band, but ultimately they have other streams of income outside of that project. So like a great example of that would be somebody like Misha from Periphery. Misha definitely built up his personal brand with Periphery, but Horizon Devices, the company he has that sells like guitar pedals and preamps and accessories and stuff, is distinctly separate from Periphery, but at the same time is 100% built on the back of serving that audience. Another example is somebody like Angel Vivaldi. Like he has awesome, he's an awesome guitar player, but he sells consultation services as well. So it again, that falls outside of the realm of streaming revenue, merch, or live shows. Another example just for bonus is Chris Franzak. He 100% used Attila as a way to build up his personal brand and ultimately launch Stay Sick. The artists that seem to be doing really well these days are the ones who understand that Long-term success is about managing a portfolio of incomes, not just because it increases your overall opportunity to get more income, but it also has a stabilizing effect because you're diversifying your income across multiple streams. So if your band income is down, maybe your consultation income is up, 
or maybe you sold a bunch of guitars this month or whatever. By diversifying your income streams in that way, you ultimately create your own job security. Now, as far as the second part of Aaron's question about whether or not you necessarily have to play live in this day and age, uh, the answer to that is no, you don't necessarily have to, although it does make it a lot easier to tell a compelling story because you have all this awesome imagery of the band being super energetic on stage and there's tons of crowd participation. It feels like kind of like the boss fight of most bands' stories, like the writing process and the recording process. That's all in preparation for this ultimate showdown, which happens on stage. Now, if you're not playing live, obviously you're not going to have that. So you just have to find what else you got. You know, maybe the music you make is just so good that you don't really need that. Or maybe you guys are just so funny in your writing and uh, recording banter that the fact that you don't play live very often really doesn't matter all that much. There are a lot of possible solutions to the problem of not being able to play or not being able to play life regularly. But no matter what you do, it's going to require that you flex those creative muscles because, again, you're trying to do it in a way that really hasn't been done very many times in the past. So there just really aren't a ton of really great influences to draw from. But like Jared Dines is a pretty decent example. Like, I don't think he really play. He certainly doesn't play live as himself very often and as far as I know I mean I'm not really keyed into his universe very much but there's no real reason why you couldn't do it too the challenge of course is finding how you do it and that is up to you finding the story and the entertainment value that you have that other people are willing to pay for whether with their time or their dollars Right now, I'm recording this outro at a stoplight because I had set a goal of finishing the recording part of this episode by noon today. And given that my daughter wanted to go to the park and then she's the boss and that we were going to be in the car, I decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to stick to my goal and I'm going to record the outro in the damn car. So here we are. I genuinely hope that this episode was useful. I hope it was useful to Aaron, first of all, but also I hope it's useful to anybody who's trying to juggle their responsibilities as fully functioning adults with their want, need, and desire to pursue a career making things and being creative and collaborating and doing all of the things that artists do. If you have a question, Feel free to go, like I said earlier, to the website. It's imthebanddad.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page. You'll see a little contact form. Fill out that form, and within 48 hours, I will respond to that question via email. And if it's really good, it very well might end up as an episode of this podcast. And if that happens, not only are you helping yourself, you're also helping our community. And won't that feel great? Anyway, I need to focus on driving, but I hope you guys have a good rest of the day. And I look forward to the next time that I can be in your ears.